Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, my name is Tyler, and I'm rocking it solo this week. Steph is working super hard, but that's okay. I had a blast recording this episode. This week's guest, he's he's so much fun, he's so humble, and he's he's so easy to talk to, and it's great learning more about his background, how he got involved with the industry, and essentially how his passion and, and hard work led him to his current state in his career. This week I'm talking to Kerry Jones. And who is Kerry Jones? He is a special effects makeup artist who's been in the industry for over 20 years, and most recently has worked on the TV show Lovecraft Country. Uh, he was the special effects supervisor for that. It's an amazing show. If you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. There's a plethora of other things he's worked on for the last 20 years. I won't go through every single one because we are on a time crunch. But he's also Black Chrysanthemum in the Book of Boba Fett. If you've seen the Book of Boba Fett, you know who I'm talking about. That, that badass Wookiee gladiator. Oh my god. It was so much fun to talk to him. I'm glad we had a chance to, to chat for about an hour or so. And I can't wait to share this interview with you guys. So please join me in welcoming Mr. Kerry Jones. Mr. Jones, I well, I mentioned before we started recording, but I'm super psyched to have you on the podcast. Uh, I know you're really, really busy, but I would love for you to tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Uh, well, you know, Carrie Jones, uh, Carrie L. Jones, and uh, I do a lot, actually. <laughs> not, not only am I uh, an actor, I also do a, a special makeup effects for, for, for TV and film. And then I am uh, a, 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 a shop supervisor for for a candy um, makeup effects group. So you do you do a little bit of everything, <laughs> all the fun stuff. A little bit, a little bit. Like <laughs> like to keep busy, like to keep it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just just looking through your resume and seeing everything you've done. I mean, going back to like Inspector Gadget and even like Sin City. I saw under the uh, the makeup department. Like, how did you? get involved i guess i should i shouldn't start there what got you into especially like makeup and special effects what what really drew you into that part of the industry well you know honestly as, as a kid i just i just uh you know it was escapism for me like movies and things like that you know just just from kind of how i grew up it was a way to kind of escape my life so i i, I kind of you know dove deep into just just movies you know just whenever i would watch a movie that was me being a part of that movie for you know two hours of, of, of my life and it was in and, and it just kind of spawned from there wondering how they did everything how did they make that how did they make that move and, and it was just just a kid's curiosity you know and, and just you know just researching how 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 you know cameras work and how you know uh uh you know trickery how you know it, it, so it, it was just that it was just it was just my 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 childhood curiosity just led me to kind of dig deep and figure out how he did things and I would try whatever I learned at home you know I I had had a, an old uh, uh, camera my dad had uh, Super 8 and I would take little 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 films at home and and you know do little little uh, uh, vignettes of stuff with my brothers and sisters of of us playing instruments or I would myself up as whatever I, an old man using cotton and syrup and you know so that's kind of how, how, how it started oh is there a movie that sticks with you to this day that's like that's that's your go-to movie do you have a favorite movie or are you just a fan of cinema in general i'm a fan of cinema in general but what a lot of people don't know it's like a lot of times if you ask a lot of people in the industry like like what is your what is your favorite movie, especially in mega effects? I mean, there's specific go-tos that everybody says, but for me, honestly, what started me off is 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 the the original uh, Superman TV series with George Reeves. Like I, oh, yeah. I it, black and white, you know, because again, I we 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 had a small black and white TV, and and back then, date myself back then, they didn't have like HBO and cable and all that stuff. It was just whatever you know, four channels you had. Uh, and especially with us, we just had like two that really worked. And on one of the channels, they would play just just Superman, black and white on TV. And I would just every time it come on, whatever I was doing, I'd sit and I'd just watch it. And it was like, how did they? How did he break through a wall? Or how did he lift the car? <laughs> or how was he flying? Or what? 
you know, and that's how it's, that was how I really started my curiosity. And I, and, uh, and then I, you know, uh, and, you know, again, before the days of Google, I would post up at a library, I would just sit there and there was, you know, I would ask the librarian, like, where are books about movies? And they never knew what I was talking about until finally there was one librarian that, that I didn't annoy enough. And she took the time and actually said, Hey, why don't you try this? And she took me to this aisle that was the film aisle. And it was just books about different movies and old movies and whatnot. And it was almost like I never wanted to leave. So I sat there in, you know, with my legs folded and it would just pull one book down and just look through it, put that book aside. It had like a stack of books at the end of the day. And when I was in there, it just lose track of time, be in there for hours and just, you know, and then I would, I would, uh, uh, they, they had a Xerox machine in the library. And again, this is just me being so young and naive and not knowing. I didn't know that I could take the books home and bring them back. Right. <laughs> oh, so <no>. I would <laughs> go out and I would collect bottles and cans and, I, and, and, and recycle them to get like, you know, change. And then I would go up and I would take a book and I would Xerox a couple pages and, uh, and, 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 and take those pages of Xerox and take them home and I put them in a folder and I'd go back and I'd Xerox another couple pages. And and so I literally had several books that I just had Xerox the whole book, you know, and I had it at home and the librarian was like, you know, you can check those out. And I was like, really? (laughs) And so I got my first, that's how I got my first library card. And I started checking them out and taking them home. And, but I still wanted to have them as mine. So I still Xerox them anyways. Uh, But yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of, Kind of my my sorted story. Holy cow! It, you, I mean, I'm not sure because I mean, I, things you you have when you were a kid, you might toss away. You know, during high school or college, do you have any of those Xerox copies still? I have one. Yes, I have really. One book that oh. I and actually, actually, it's it's uh, it's Tom Savini's Grand Illusions. It's when he he first came out with it, and I was looking everywhere around, and I didn't have the money anyways, but I was looking around it, around town anywhere I could to find it, and it was sold out everywhere. And then I went to the library and somehow they had it in the library. I don't know how, but it was there. It was actually sitting where they had magazines and it was sitting there. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I checked it out several times. I was like, I want this one in my house. So I just went and I Xeroxed the entire thing. And I said, that one, that's the only one I saw. All the rest were, were tossed since I moved so many times in my, you know, in my, yeah. my, my, uh, my dad's house. But, but, uh, um, but yeah, I still have the, the, the Grand Illusions one. Oh, and that's, I think that's a, that's a, like a golden gift to have, you know, Tom Savini is just, uh, him along with, uh, like Greg Nicotero, you know, those who, who we think of as far as, you know, special effects, makeup artists, that kind of thing. But, uh, what about like horror type makeup effects? Did you ever get into the Fangoria part of it or were you more so like the creature effects? Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, there was a, there was a, a, a comic book store in Pittsburgh called Eyes. And it was the one that I used to, there was the, the one that I used to go to was in, it was in Squirrel Hill. And I would, I would ride, I would take two buses, uh, to get to, to get there. And again, you know, again, not having money, I would walk in and I would just look at all the magazines. Cause I didn't know that stuff like that existed. Right. And I, we just so happened to go, there was a movie theater that was around the corner from it. And we just so happened to go to a movie there. And as I was, we were walking down to the bus stop to go home, I looked and I saw a comic book store. I was like, what is that? So while we were waiting on the bus, I just walked up there <laughs> and looked inside. And I was like, oh my, and, and I walked to the back and I saw like Bangori and Gorezone and whatever. And I was like, there's magazines about this stuff. And so, and so then I would just literally go up there for that. I would take two buses across town and walk up there and just sit there for as long as I could and just, just stare at them and, and I know the guy that owned the shop was would always look at me like, dude, are you gonna buy it? He's like, I want to. <laughs> you know, so I, I would, but I would open it, like barely open it to make sure I I'd increase like the 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 you know the back end. So I just kind of barely open it and just just be very delicate with it. And I put it back inside of its sleeve and, and I leave. And eventually, you know, years later I was able to start buying them, uh, you know. Uh but but yeah, yeah, no, I was huge, huge fan of Fangor. And I and I would and it, and then I would take like a little piece of paper and when it, before I could buy my own and I would write down significant names in there. Right. And so I yeah. wrote down, you know, uh, Tom Savini and, and, and Greg Nicotero and Howard Burr, you know, I wrote all these names down of people that I would see their names spread across all these magazines. It was like, it was like whatever name I saw consistently, 
those are the names that I wrote down. I said, well, if I've seen their names in all these publications, they, they got to be somebody. So, so I got to figure out a way to meet these guys or, or, you know, whatever. You know, it's, it's funny because that's the exact same uh, process I had when starting this podcast two years ago <laughs> was I want to catch up with my friends during COVID, see what their life is like, you know, when we're not working. And uh, also talk to, you know, the people I look up to. So you write down all these names that you hang on to. And then, you know, have you worked with any of those names? I'm sure you have, but have you worked with any of them directly on a project, you know, throughout your career? I work with all of them, which is, which is crazy to say. I mean, I've worked with Tom uh, several times, actually. He's a, he's a great man and uh, extremely, I mean, obviously extremely talented man. And, and uh, you know, and of course, Currently, I work for for uh, KMBFX Group, and I manage the studio. Who, again, Greg Nicotero and and Howard were what were, were several of the names that I wrote down, and and to and to and to be working with those guys and to be friends with them. You know, it, it, it's you know, I, you 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 talk to my my eight year old self, and and it, you know, if I was to talk to my eight year old self and say, hey, do you think this is going to happen? I probably would have said no. You know, just because of where I came from it just it just seemed like an impossibility but but uh but but it happened you know every you know i've worked with i worked with stan winston i've worked for rick baker i've worked for steve johnson i worked for you know tom berman i worked for oh my god you know just about everybody that everybody's name that i wrote down i did time with you know which was which was which is you know uh, incredible that's fantastic man and jumping from you know you being so young and and looking through the magazines in the comic shop to when you actually started working did you build up a you know sort of series of projects in school growing up and then making the jump to LA or what was the transition like going from you know living on essentially like the east coast and moving to LA and finding work in special effects well it listen it's that it's it's again it's that not that childhood naivety right when you're a kid you don't know what you can't do, right? Because yeah. you're just a kid, you have no idea. But when you're an adult, you know, whenever you say, oh, I want to do this thing, then because you have that experience, you think about the 30 different ways as to why it could go wrong. And most of the time, people talk themselves out of, you know, leaving the house at that point, right? But as a kid, you just don't know, right? And so, so that's really what it was. It was my childhood naivety. I just didn't know what I didn't know, right? And so, so when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, uh, I just, well, you know, so funny enough is my mom, she actually wanted one of, one of her, her first jobs, which she still currently works at today, 35 years later, she, she pretty much runs the place actually, but she, there was a, there was a company called Plasma Care where she started working there. Uh, uh, and, um, there was, I want to say it was called picking up the pieces. It was a movie that, that they were filming there. And I was at home and I get this phone call from my mom and she goes, there's a guy, there's a guy here. And is his, his name is like Savannah, Tom, something like that. As I said, Tom Savini, she goes, I think that's it. And before, you know, she could even acknowledge it was him. I dropped the phone and I'm like looking at the bus schedules. I'm like, I need to. So essentially they used the place that she worked at for catering. And that's where like everybody went to eat and cater and for catering and whatnot. Oh, and she, I think she just so happened to hear his name. And she probably heard me say his name thousands of times. And so I, I caught whatever mini bus I needed to catch. It was like late at night, you know, and, and I get up there and I'm trying to, you know, you know, and then I got, I got into the, you know, the building where she worked and that's where they were catering. And I got to meet him on set. And ever since then, I would just try to somehow figure out what movies were being made around town and just, sneak on the set or just show up and just see who I could see, like peek over, like, Oh my God, is that, you know, and that just became a thing for a while, you know, that I would do it. You know, you know, I, I kind of was on the tail end of them kind of shooting stuff in Pittsburgh. So, so unfortunately, like when I kind of started to get gone, they, they stopped really shooting there as much. Hmm. Uh, But at least I was able to kind of, you know, you know, you know, sneak on a few sets and, and, and meet a couple people and, and uh and and then once it dissipated and kind of went away and they stopped filming there uh then i was like well where are they filming stuff at now and it was los angeles i was like okay so i think i always had in my mind 
you know, a, a later on in my life that I would have to go out there. But for a while, I didn't think I'd be able to. So, so again, it was like, well, you know, what do I do in my life? So then it was, it, it was like, you know, what do I do? And am I going to stay here or, or, you know, get in trouble like everybody else is, or am I going to, you know, uh, so, so literally one day I was, I was in a pizza parlor, uh, in, in, in Pittsburgh and I was sitting there and I was, I was just, uh, thinking you know, what, I got to do something. And so I literally was like, you know what, in two weeks, I'm moving to California. I was, I was, I was 18. It's like, you know what, in two weeks, I'm moving to California. I just wow. literally took a slice of pizza, took a bite, put it down. It was, it was like, that's it. <laughs> I'm moving and every single person that I told at the time was like, yeah, whatever, dude, you'll be back or you're never going to go. They didn't believe me. Like I said it to some of the people, even some people in my family, and they were like, yeah, whatever. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh my God. And so the, the two weeks were up and, you know, and one, one friend of mine, I told him that I wanted to go and he was like, and I think even when I told him, he was like, oh yeah, I'll go with you. I think he didn't believe me. <laughs> but like when it got down to that last week, I was like, Hey man, I'm going, are you going? He was like, yeah. And so the day came and I was sitting there waiting for him and he, and he was late. He didn't show up. And I was like, all right, fine. Listen, if he doesn't come, I'm, I, you know, I'm still going. Uh, and he, he eventually did show up and loaded up whatever I had left and just drove out to California, you know? And, uh, and then once I got out here, you know, it was, uh, I had a family member that lived in San Diego and they were like, don't go to Los Angeles, man. You're going to get swallowed up and spit out alive, but you can come to San Diego because it's super nice down here. So I got, I got a really nice apartment in San Diego, which, but, but basically spent all my money. I only had enough money oh, yeah. to pay like, like my first months, you know, my first and last in security deposit. And I had like 80 bucks left. That was enough to like get some hot, hot dogs and ramen from like a, there was like this, <laughs> this uh um under a dollar kitchen kitchen like a, it was like a what did they call it? like a like a pantry it was like a kitchen pantry or whatever that you went in and it was like oh yeah everything yeah. was like salvage food right and so you could buy like a pack of hot dogs for like you know 25 cents and like ramen noodles for a penny you know, stuff like that so that's what i survived on for a while and then uh and then i, I would borrow my friend's car and i would drive up to los angeles and and those names that i wrote down and and those names of shops, I would find out where they were. Not all of them you could find because some of them would have their their listings in, in the white pages. And so the ones that were listed in the white pages, I'd write their address down and I'd drive up and I'd knock on the door. Hey, uh, and uh, and I just pound the pavement. And the one of the first places that, uh, you know, let me physically kind of be in the shop was Megal Effects Labs, Alan Pone. And I would dump the trash and sweep the floors. And he was like, if you, if there's anything you want to work on here, you can. So I would do little, little sculptures there. And, and, uh, but, but even aside from that, when I would leave there, I would still drive around town and try to find shops and knock on doors. And, and I, and I did that for a solid, solid two weeks. I'd drive up from San Diego up there, spend like a job. I'd spend the whole day there trying to find work. And, and it probably, which is unheard of, but it took me about two weeks. And, uh, and I was, I worked at, for, for Allen for about two weeks. And then a little bit after that, I got a call to go work at, um, I got a call to go work at, uh, oh, so long ago. I wanted, it might've been Amalgamated Dynamics, which was, which is Tom Woodruff and, and Alec Gillison's shop. Oh, okay. I think yeah. that might've been, or maybe that was a second. Oh no, it wasn't. It was at Tony Gardner. That's what it was. Alterium Studios. I worked for Tony Gardner. I got a call from, from, from that shop. And then I, and then, and then, cause I wasn't getting paid when I worked for Alan, it was, you know, and, and this, and Alterian was like, we'll pay you. It's like, all right, no, no, I need the money. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I would rent cars. Like I couldn't, I didn't have enough money to put a down payment on the car. So I would, I would rent cars for like a week at a time. I buy, I rent it for a week and then I'd have to turn it in on the weekend and I rent another one for the week and turn it. I did that for at least two months. Oh my God. So I was able to save enough money to buy a car and, and I bought a car and then, uh, you know, worked for Tony for a while. Holy kid. So what was the first, uh, project you were, you were paid to work on, or actually the first one you probably, you know, maybe just helped shadow on. Is there, is there one that you can remember? Uh, there, there was a couple before, but uh, it escapes me because I know I did, I did something for, 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 for MEL, but I know that when I got to, 
Tony Gardner's um, Altarian Studios, I did, uh, I want to say I did an episode of Baywatch. We had to make like these, these it was like a, a sea line or something like that we had to make. And, uh, and, uh, and I was, I was begging to go to set, man. I was like, was it where they shooting this? I want Baywatch, dude. Really? But I, <laughs> I, I, you wouldn't let me go, but, but yeah, I was too green, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I did that. And I think that segued into, we, we, we did a TV series. I want to say it was called Goosebumps. Um, and then I also, okay. uh, it, we did that segued into, um, Batman and Robin. It, uh, I think it was like the third, the third sequel. I think. Oh yeah, with uh, I I, with I can't Mr. even Mr. act Freeze like I don't and... know which one that was. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, the, it was it was the one with with Arnold where he was Mr. Freeze. We yeah. made like his, his victims, like all the frozen bodies and stuff. We made a lot oh. of that. Stuff. Oh my god! See, that's that's a part of me that nerds out is because much like you when I was younger, I wanted to be a part of the special effects department. And then I, I just ended up gearing into the acting and, and writing side of it. But it's, you know, um, when DVDs first came out and they had the two disc special edition, that's the one I would buy so I could watch how they did certain things and, yeah. you know, how they did that. So, I, I mean, for, for you, did it feel, it had to have felt surreal to just be launched into this. You've worked your entire life to get into this industry. Now you're working into it. Did it take a little while for you to kind of like just get used to being around all of this sort of stuff? Or were you just so enthralled and it didn't even feel like it was, uh, I don't want to say overwhelming, but you know how you can get sort of starstruck with with people. You might get starstruck with, you know, like Rick Baker or Greg Nicotero or Tom Savini. Like, what was that transition for you like? Uh, when did you feel like you were, you know, one of the gang? Honestly, I never thought about it. I mean, a lot of people that knew me back then, would tell you that I didn't really talk much because I was so afraid of like not doing a good job it was all about mm -hmm. the work for me I didn't, I didn't really like I, I would go to work and it was about like being efficient I wanted to do the best job that I could I didn't want them to look at me and say why is he here because I was young I was I was I, I lied about my age for a while because I didn't want them to think that I was like this stupid inexperienced kid oh you did <laughs> uh, so but but yeah I I, I would literally go in and I, it was just about the work man I was like it was like if they gave me a project you know I would ask whatever pertinent questions I asked but I would I would try to just focus hyper focus and just do that you know and I was and I was all about like wanting to do more. I wanted to consume as much as I could and learn as much. And it was like, and, and I and it and I was I was a little cocky and not in the fact of what I could do, but in the fact that I wanted more to do because mm -hmm. I wanted to learn and consume. I was like ferociously wanting to do more and more and learn. I was for me in the beginning, it was just about learning. And if I was only doing one thing, it was like, man, I'm not learning enough. I want to learn that. I want to learn how to do this. I want to do. I want to learn as much as I can. So it was like, you know, they give me one thing to do, like a mold or something, and I'd finish it and it'd be great. And I'd be like, all right, what, can I do that? I want to learn how to do this. And they're like, wait a minute, like do this first. Like, yeah, but I want to learn. And I want to, I want to learn everything. Like it was, and I think it was like, because I was so afraid it would go away. You know, it was all new to me. Like being in that situation was like, it was all new to me. And I didn't, you know, in my wildest dreams, I didn't think I'd get there. So it was like, I better consume as much information as I can. So if this ends I'll at least be able to walk away with something that I could use to do something else. So yeah, it was like, it was like, you know, I wanted to learn how to, I want to learn how to do different types of molds and different materials. And I wanted to learn how to, you know, be a better sculptor and a better painter and a better, whatever I could, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to jump on and be a part of and learn. And, and even until the day, like, I think, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm all about learning, you know, and yeah. about doing new things and seeing new things and consuming, you know, more information and learning more. I think, I, I, I think that's, that, that probably is why I am where I am today because I, it's about like, for me, it's about like listening, you know, it's really about like when someone's in front of me that, that is, is, has achieved something that I potentially want to achieve. I like to just shut up and just hear what they got to say, you know, and I just pick off of some of the things that they say to me and I'm like, all right, I'm going to implement that or I'm going to take that or, oh, that's how they did it. You know, I find that if you, if, when you, when, you know, I mean, just, just doing, you know, the book of Boba Fett, you know, there were, and I, I know we're jumping ahead here, but, but even with Greg Nicotero, he's achieved so much in his career 
and, and sometimes like just watching him maneuver and the things that he does and how he handles certain situations and, and the way that he conducts himself, you know, in, in any situation, uh, it, like, you know, it, it's, it's just important for me to kind of just listen and, and, and consume that knowledge and be a part of it, you know, because I, and just having that opportunity to be around a guy like that, you know, and learn so much. It has done so much for me and molded how I want to move forward and, and, and certain things that I want to do and certain decisions that I make. It, yeah, you, <laughs> we, we are jumping ahead a little bit because I, uh, I do want to say like you, you are the most intimidating looking henchman, you know, warrior in the book of Boba Fett. Like the first scene you show up, and you're just staring down tomorrow Morrison's Boba Fett. I, I was like, holy shit. And then I, you know, because uh, I was going over interviews and I realized, you know, who was underneath the makeup? I had no idea. I only knew you as a, as a you know, special effects makeup artist. So knowing that, you know, you were, um, and I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, but uh, is it Black Chrysanthemum? Yeah, yeah, I said it very well. Yeah. Woo. All right, sweet. Yeah, uh, probably the most dangerous looking Wookiee I've ever seen in my life. So uh, you just brought so much, uh, like, intimidating flair to that character at least for what we've seen for right now i want to see you know what happens next but did you have any hand in you know obviously that is you know makeup and special effects related so did you have any hand in in that or was that all separate and you were just the the performer under it i was the performer which was which was which honestly for something like this i think and i said that i said this to the guys at legacy and to rob rodriguez and who I've worked with before and John Favreau is I said that this, because of the nature of this character and just how important I think it is for, for the show and for the fans. Like I, I, I wanted to only focus on being an actor, like to try to, I mean, I've done that before where, where I'm in the suit and while I'm in the suit, I'm, I'm also worried about what it looks like, you know, <laughs> and the maintenance on it and trying to wrangle the crew. And, and, you know, we get out of it and I'm trying to, to figure out how to fit, you know, like, like, you know, I've done that several times, many times. And, 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 and it, it, to, to, to be, it's like a director, which, you know, I'm sure you talk to directors that are, 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 are acting in the films that they're directing, you know, and are producing the films. I mean, you're wearing so many hats and sometimes it's like, man, I just want to focus on this one thing, you know? And, and, and for this, I, 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 it was, I think the success of it is because I I only had to worry about the performance and being an actor. I didn't, you know, legacy effects, uh, which I, I worked with a lot of those guys before in the past. It was nice kind of reconnecting with those guys, but, but, but they did a great job. And I think, I think I had, I, I, you know, I, you know, I didn't do in terms of research, like I didn't have to do much because I'm just a Star Wars nerd. I, I know those <laughs> movies backwards and forwards and, and I'm not exaggerating to say that I've seen, you know, just about all of them, especially the original trilogy, at least over a hundred some plus times I've seen it. Like, in fact, just, just funny, just this morning, they're playing them on TV. I literally sat and watched <laughs> two of the movies that I've seen so many times, but every time it's on, it's like, you know, it's like, I just got to watch it, you know, I don't know, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I had my ideas as to what, you know, I researched uh, who he was and his backstory and all that stuff and, 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 and what was written in terms of the graphic novels on what his personality was. But nothing prepared me for when I finally went to Legacy and put it on for the first time and stared at myself. I, I think the first thing was I, I was a little bit, I, I, I was a little taken aback the fact that I was even doing it. You know, I think that's when it finally kicked in that what I was doing is when I was sitting there looking in the mirror and, 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 uh, you know, like a couple of guys would walk past me and talk to me and I wouldn't respond. And it's like, they're like, are you okay? Is everything good? I'm like, I'm fine. It's just, I, I'm, I'm trying to like process this. <laughs> I'm trying to process the fact that I'm about to do this. Like, this is, I mean, oh my God. Uh, so it took me a while. It honestly took me at least a few weeks to process it, you know, and, and, and like, you know, the, those that were the insiders that knew kind of what I was doing would always ask me, dude, man, how is it? What do you, I'm like, I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I can't, it still hasn't, <laughs> I can't, you know, it has, and even today it still hasn't sunk in. Like I'm still trying to grasp the fact that, that you know, that I'm a part of it. And I think, you know, so, so my, my, my processing and humility is kind of above me being able to kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's, it's, uh, 
You know, you look at something as a kid and it seems so impossible and all of a sudden you're right in the middle of it. It just, it's hard to connect it to. It's just (laughs) a weird weird thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I I completely understand where you're coming from with that, where it's just, uh, all right, like this is happening, but it's almost an out of body experience at that point. Oh, oh, for for sure. And, 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 you know, and also (laughs) too, I think I also, even now it's like, it's like, I, I know as a, as a fan, as a Star Wars fan, like Star Wars fans can be intense, right? And I'm a fan too, because listen, when movies started to come out, I was on that side of it, like, wow, how, you know, what's going on? Why did that, you know? So I was in that pocket. So then when this opportunity came, I was like, oh my God, like I know how I am as a fan. And there's other fans <laughs> that are more fans than me. Like, I got, I can't mess this up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or, or I'm going to get, some of the medicine that I've been dishing out as, as a fan, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna get a taste of my own medicine and I, 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 I don't want that, you know, it's like, so, so that was the other sort of, sort of thing that uh, was, was weighing heavily on me. I was like, man, it's like this, if I mess this up, like this is, this is gonna, this is gonna go, uh, a, a character that's so loved and iconic. And, and I think like the first day that, you know, I, everybody saw it and they presented it to like, to like, you know, John Favreau and everybody. I, I was completely method. Like I didn't talk. I was very kind of, you know, edgy. Yeah. I, I wanted them to see sort of what I was thinking this guy was going to be right off the bat because I, I wanted them to look at it and for them to believe it, you know, because then sometimes if you're, if you have this character and then you know, the directors and producers come in and they're seeing it and then you, it's not quite right. And then they feel skeptical of it. And then maybe they don't put them into whatever plans they have, or they alter the plans because they're trying to figure out how do we make this work? Yeah. Which, which we, you know, as, as, as a mega effects artist, I've had that happen with, with other performers and in other puppets or creatures, right. You know, you're, they come in and you're still trying to work out kind of how to puppeteer it and make it work. And they see that part of it and they're like, Oh wow. Is the arm going to shake like that? And you're like, no, no, this is just us trying to figure it out. Or why is the right eye individual from it's twitching. And they're like, and you're like, no, 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 this is, this is just a preview. We're trying to fit. So I had that in my mind again, being on that side of the fence, like knowing like I've been that, you know, when you're trying to still work it out and, and the first sort of presentation of it, then it freaks them out. So then I had that in my mind too. Listen, it was a, it was a complete mind <laughs> f, right? Because it was like all yeah. these things that I've experienced and trying not to have happened. So, so that that day I just went to, you know, I went to to the legacy team and I was like, listen, guys, I'm not. I said, no disrespect. I'm not going to talk to you guys after we get this whole thing on. I'm going to stay in character. You know, I'm probably not going to conversate. I'm going to be a little bit you know, have a little bit of it. So I did. So once it went on, like, you know, people would come up to me and we're like, Hey man, Hey. And I just, and I just, I just be a, excuse my language. I'd be a dick. I wouldn't respond <laughs> or I'd turn my back on them or I'd stare them down. And until they just got annoyed and walked away from me. <laughs> and, I, and, it, and, it, and then somebody came over and whispered, whispered to me, and they were like, John's here. And then I just kind of turned around to him and kind of got all big and, and I think I literally just walked right up and faced him down. <laughs> it was like in his face. And he was just kind of looking at me. It was like, hey, hey. And I'm like not responding. And and then later on, after after they they I could hear, you know, oh my God, like that's amazing. It's gonna be great. And after I heard like their responses, after you know, I, I kind of came out of it and and I talked to John later on. I said, dude, man, I want to apologize. I, I was just, I, I just was kind of a little method on it. I just wanted to, you to see it and see what the way I was going to perform it. And, and I didn't want to mess it up, man. So, yeah. But he understood, listen, he, I, I probably didn't have to explain it to him because listen, he's an amazing actor and director. He's been around the block 30,000 oh, times. Yeah. So he understood, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, 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 the uh, just the responsibility not to mess it up, at least maybe for myself, was super intense. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially that, man. I mean, you're you're in the Star Wars universe now. Like that's 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 big game stuff, you know? It's just yeah. Oh my god. And please tell me there there has to be an action figure of that character. Oh, I'm I'm sure there will be. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't there be, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's not, 
right now there will be and god i hope somebody sends you one for free if not like five or six just to like <laughs> further commem- commemorate it but um sure. yeah that was uh yeah when you're talking about staring down not saying really anything to anybody that that's what i got from the performance you know the second you step up and i think it's your maybe it's your left eye you just kind of look at him uh look at boba fett very menacingly and even i was like oh shit <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a lot yeah man. you know it, it's it's funny like and i think even tomorrow said it in an interview that he did but it's it's like the first thing when you do with that when you look at anybody is you look into their eyes right yeah and and i'm, I'm a pretty good judge of character just how many people and, and i can look at someone's eyes and i can tell them okay it, this is either going to go good or bad now it just depends on just if their eyes are wide or they're squinting or if they're looking it, it's just yeah. something about someone's eyes that you, that you look at right and 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 uh and so i was like okay you know i you know they're not going to see my face uh i do i did have uh the ability to animate the face uh you know just just again by the, the amazing mechanics and everything at legacy like i was able to manipulate the jaw on my own and i had like the the brow movement and stuff was 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 attached to, to, to my face in terms oh, yeah. of being able to make that move but still, I think there's a lot of other stuff that happens as an actor when you use your face. So it's like a lot of it has to be like just how like if I'm if I'm staring them face on or if I'm look side-eyeing them or if I have my eyes wide or if I'm squinting or if I'm, you know, so it was a, it was a that was very much uh and I'm expressive with my eyes anyways. I mean, I got big eyes, so but <laughs> but that was a that was a huge part of it. I mean, it, it was it was a huge part of like trying to sell certain feelings, right? And so and so just, just, just so anyways, but that, that, that was something that I was very conscious of. And even outside of the, of, of, of you know, being croissant and I was staring in the mirror and I just kind of, I kind of tilt my head a certain way or I'd, you know, make my eyes wide or, 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 or squint them. And, and even knowing what was coming in certain scenes, because they don't give me the context of the scenes. They only give me specifically what I have to do just for secrecy. Oh, really? <laughs> So, oh yeah so, yeah it makes sense so so a lot of times i'm like i don't know what's necessarily coming before or after that um and and so so i was so i mean I, that's a good and a bad or in a bad thing i mean it was good that i was only able i was able to concentrate just on kind of what i needed to sell in that moment you know so so i would just literally you know you know uh i would just kind of say okay for for this episode this is what he's trying to convey so i would say okay this is kind of how I'll be. And then for this episode, yeah. he's, he's upset or he's distraught or he's been, been betrayed or whatever, you know, I, I would say, okay, what, what would that be? And I was like, okay, that would be like this. And, you know, so, um, and, and, and yeah, it just went into just how I stood or how I tilted my head or how I was, if I was, sometimes I would be kind of, you know, chest out and sometimes I'd be kind of like slunched over or sometimes I'd be, you know, so it was a lot about it's a lot about body performance and 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 uh, and, and the eyes, man. It's like it's not really all I really had. <laughs> <laughs> and how did I mean? I don't think I asked you this yet. How did you get into the acting portion of? It? I mean, obviously you're you know you're you're six seven. You're very expressive with with your body and your movements. So of course you're you know you're you're complete for characters like this or you know like those those really tall characters so like how did how did you get into that part of it did you fall into it or was it one of those like hey i know you're on the special effects team but we need a really tall guy to play this you know this demon or something uh you want to come in you know trying the makeup how did how did that happen well i mean listen acting is something i've always wanted to do and always Mm -hmm. did do as a kid and you know and 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 you think about it it's not that far-fetched because if you think of like you know, like Lon Chaney's and, you know, and all that, like those yeah. guys, and even theater actors, a lot of them do their own makeup and then go on stage. So it's not, if you think about it, it's not that far-fetched. Uh, and and, it, and that's what I did as a kid. I would make myself up and I'd try to perform those characters and I'd try to act those guys out. And I would just take, like I said, I would take videos of myself and and try to do different things like that as a kid. And, and, I, and I did want to be an actor, but again, it just, again, it's, is what you don't see and, and what you don't see yourself as is what you kind of kind of go for in the future. Like at the time, there wasn't a lot of like black actors. So mm-hmm. so it was like, ah, you know, maybe I just can't do that. So so I kind of put I, I mean, I did it for myself and at home, but I put it off because I was like, ah, that's gonna be too hard. I'm not gonna be able to do that, you know. And and so uh so I've always wanted to do it and I've always did little things here and there and 
and I think it kind of started when I was at when I was at KMB. You know, uh, my first few years there, um, we were doing uh, we were doing certain projects, and it was always I'd always be well, you you know, you know, Carrie, you know, you're the right size for this actor, so you know, put this on and then show us the demonstrate in the shop. So I was like the fit model, right? And so, so I put stuff on the shop, and I kind of do things in the shop and whatever. And I think just doing that several times, I think. Greg like predators came around and then Greg was like and, and that and, and you know I had opportunities at other shops that didn't pan out for for creatures but but you know I, I can be and Greg was like Carrie man you're a, you're a, you're a good performer I see you do stuff around the shop you want to be in predators and I was like and again I thought it was like the, <laughs> one of those side mouth comments that people throw out there and just never come which I've had happen you know hey man you want to do this and yeah, yeah. yeah and then it never happens you know so he said it, and again, it was I didn't think about it. I was like, ah, you know, it was like this. But he was dead serious, you know. He was so so, you know, when the day came and uh, he met with Robert and he was he was like, Carrie, you know, Carrie's gonna do this and Carrie's awesome and da da da. And he was talking me up and and then uh, and then and Greg, you know, uh brought me onto that and I had a blast and I loved it. And I think I think after doing that, man, I was I was I was like, I wanna do this forever. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, just 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 performing and being in front of the camera and stuff it was it was uh, I, I loved it i really really loved it and so and so from that point forward it was something that i just tried to look for and and go after you know yeah but again nothing amazing. nothing nothing that, that is that is prolific as this i think you know this has been uh one of the bigger and and, and more, more more intense experiences that i've had for sure yeah, yeah, I mean anything that involves Lucasfilm, right? You know, Marvel or DC at this point—that's you know the upper echelon of where everybody wants to be. And the fact that you know you are a part of canon now is just like that's that's incredible, man. And that I think as somebody who, because I'm I'm uh, I'm Chinese, African, I'm indigenous, you know, I'm I'm part of that POC, you know, acting template where I'm trying to make stuff happen and see if I can get anything done. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. when you brought up, you know, like there weren't a whole lot of black actors previously. Now we're seeing this, this really big surge and just a, a massive inclusivity within, you know, different projects. And I wanted to, <laughs> this is my real long tangent to go into Lovecraft country, which was my favorite TV show of that year, which unfortunately is canceled for those of you who haven't seen it, please go watch it. Uh, it's one of the best shows ever, but uh, you know, being involved in that project, what was what was that like, you know, uh, just building off of the the idea that we're trying to be more inclusive in all of these different projects, especially in Hollywood? Like, how was it being involved in such an amazing story as that? Well, I mean, what Misha Green, uh, uh, who is a fan of of, um, of of, you know, horror film and genre. I mean, you know, I would have conversations with her and. And a lot of times, which is fun, whenever you meet with someone that is a fan and they know how to, to you know, to speak your language and you're saying, you know, there's a scene that comes up, well, this guy is going to get churned up and blood sprays everywhere, you know, like <laughs> scanners, you know, or like, and, and then like these references are like American Wear from London. And you're like, oh my God, like, yeah, I get it. You know, she knows she gets it too. So yeah, I mean, the conversations were like that. Like she, she would throw out these references of things that she's seen and she was a fan of and. And, uh, and I think I think uh, I think we hit it off in that regard, and, and not to mention the fact that she was very open in terms of ideas, you know, because because a lot of times you know writers write, you know, but in, in in terms of how to how to physically manifest those things into real real tangible things that can be shot, you know, you know, a lot of people don't understand how to do that, you know, and 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 some pretend that they do, and others are like, I don't understand. You tell me, and she was that. She was like. Show me how to how how it can be done. <clears throat> what is your idea? And show show me examples. So, you know, and I, I we have the meetings, and I'd be like, well, this is what I'm thinking, and we can do this and that. And then, then I go back to the shop, and and our our team would put together like like a test or a sample, and I'd videotape it and send it to them, and you know, just very like you know, uh, receptive and open, and and uh, uh, and and it was listen, it was it was it was it was. It was a good experience. It was stuff that honestly, you know, subject matter that that I don't think has ever been done before in that way. No. Um, yeah, I think it was done in a good way. I think it was it was, uh, you know, we 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 did just about everything in our spectrum of of effects. Uh, you know, we did we did you know, 
animals, we did creatures, we did, you know, gore effects, we did, you know, practical, uh, just human makeup stuff. So, so it, it allowed us to definitely uh, run the spectrum of, 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 of tools in our tool bag when it came to, you know, making, making makeup effects, which was, which was a lot of fun. And, and, and again, they, they, they were, um, everybody on the team was very inclusive. You know, it wasn't about, uh, um, you know, us and them. It was, it was, you know, they treated me as a, as an equal, they treated me as someone that they looked to, to give them information and to, and to, uh, you know, bring cool things to set, which, which, you know, everybody loved, loved when I, when I would come into town because they were like, Oh yeah, I would literally get like, Oh, you're here. Okay. Something's going to happen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was always a thing. Cause you know, it was like, we would block, we were shooting in blocks. So we would shoot like, you know, a whole section of stuff. And then when we weren't shooting, typically I would fly back to LA uh, to work on other stuff. And then when, when others, when we would shoot more, that would fly back to Atlanta. And so, yeah, whenever I would, I'd be gone for, for like a week or two or a month or whatever. And I come back for a month or whatever. And they'd be like, I'd get back into the trailer and on set and they see me walking past and like, whoever it was, Oh, okay. <laughs> Something's going to happen. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, no, it was fun. And the actors were awesome. And, you know, uh, yeah, uh, the, the actors were awesome. And, and uh and and michael k williams i have to say was amazing great great guy i got to do his his makeup and it's unfortunate it was passing but he was super super nice guy allowed me to work uh you know he would just come in and he we would we would chat for a minute and he just just close his eyes and lay back and he'd be like all right man do your thing literally and he was just just lay there which you know you don't get that a lot you know and he would just close his eyes and after we do our pleasantries and i would you know, put on his makeup and, uh, and then, uh, and he'd go to set and in between takes, he would, he would, he would, you know, cause I would, I would usually try to just, you know, stay out of the way, you know, cause especially with such intense scenes that he had and, and just the emotions he had to kind of draw from, I didn't want to be a distraction or mess up his process. So I try, I stayed pretty far away and, uh, and I just went to him and I said, listen, I'll be over here when you feel like you can just come over and check me out. And, and so he would do his thing and he'd come over to the tent where we're at and I just mess with him just to make sure he was good. And he'd go do his thing. And I would just was trying to stay as far, you know, out of his face as I could, unless I really needed to, but, but he was very respectful, very respectful of my craft, hundred percent. And, uh, it was an amazing, amazing man, you know, uh, and, and just the conversations that we had, you know, uh, you know, just, just the knowledge of information as well. So, so it's definitely upsetting. It was passing, but, but I'm really, really glad I got a chance to, to work with him. Yeah. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity to work with somebody like that of his caliber. Like he's just, yeah. uh, almost had him for an interview of, you know, he, unfortunately he was busy, thankfully, but, uh, yeah, it would have been great to talk to him before he, he passed and he, he will be missed. I mean, that, that man is, an incredible actor just even going he is I, listen I, i'm not i'm personally again unless it's for performance reasons in my personal life i'm not necessarily an emotional guy i try to curb and control that stuff but hmm. there was there was a scene that he was doing and and, and i was just watching the monitors and and I, I literally was like 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 choking up a bit and i was like what, what is that feeling I, what <laughs> what and I had to tell him that I said, listen, I don't want to bug. It was like the end of the day when I was cleaning him up and I was like, listen, man, I've never experienced that before in all my years of, of, of being on set. I've never had, you know, a, a, an active performance make me feel a certain kind of way. And so, so I just want to say thank you. And uh, man, you're absolutely amazing. And he, and he, and he took it with humility. He was like, Oh really, man, I'll just, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, and I'm just trying to, trying to figure it out and da, da, da. but, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was, it was an amazing experience. It's, it's hard to, to top that because the, <laughs> we have our final few questions and, you know, our, our first of the final is, uh, if you have a party story that you usually like to tell that involves your, your career in the industry, whether it's, you know, maybe, uh, something with the makeup just went horribly bad, or you have, you know, experience that you will hold on to for the rest of your life, which I mean, that that's 
right up there with uh, Mike K. Williams. But is there a, a party story that you'd love to to share with our listeners that you could uh, that you could talk about? Wow, <laughs> I, mean, I know it's <laughs> there's, there's so many. I mean, you know, some some of them I'll 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 you know keep close to the vest. But you know, I, I think I think one of the things that that as a Megmafex artist um, was was I mean obviously I cherish every moment that I've met anybody that I kind of looked up to as a kid you know uh, like I said Stan Winston I absolutely cherish the time that I had with him and he was very um giving you know I, you know uh I've had conversations with him you know uh there's one day where I didn't really know kind of where I wanted my career to go and and I went to his assistant and was like, hey, I know this is weird, but it, it, can I talk to Stan? And he was like, he was like, well, we'll ask him. And he made the time. Like, he's a busy, busy guy. But he came back and said, okay. He, he said, he'll be with you right now. And I was like, what? I didn't expect it to happen today. I'm not ready. Like, what? He's like, nope, just go up to his office. And and I just went to him. And and, and because I, I hadn't really fully fleshed out what I wanted to say to him, I just was kind of like, you know, pulling things. And I was like, listen, you know, I just... I know that I want to make it in this, but I don't really know what I'm supposed to do or how to do it. And, and I kind of want to get where you're at, you know? And he was like, and he, and he said, listen, first off, he's, he's, he said, first off, be careful what you wish for, because if you're asking for what I got, you're asking for a ton of headaches. <laughs> I was like, I was like oh, that's fair. You know, you know, everybody thinks the grass is greener, but but when you're up there and there's a lot of stuff you got to manage and think about, you know, and people. And, and then the other thing he said, he said, listen, the other thing is he literally said to me, he goes, I walk out onto that floor and I notice you, I notice that you're always working. You have your head down and, and, and you're just getting your work done. And he said, just keep doing that. He said, just keep doing that. Keep doing your job and keep getting better at what you, what you, you know, and, and he said, it'll happen. And I, and I took that to heart and literally that's what I've always tried to do. You know, I've always tried to just, just stay focused and, 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 um, and stick to the work and try to do the best that I can. Um, and, and, and he acknowledged the fact that, that, you know, cause I always thought that, you know, when I was there working because there were so many people, I was lost. Like there's, you know, no one notices me, right. I'm in the yeah. sea of like 50 people that I'm working around and these guys are better than me. No one sees me. And the fact that he literally pointed out stuff that I did and he, and he said like, no, every time I walk through, I look over and I see you and I know that you did this, this, and it's like, okay, he's paying attention. He may not say it in that moment, but, but I, and, and which, which encouraged me to keep doing what I was doing, because even though <clears throat> I'm not hearing it every day, like someone's seeing it, someone will see it. And so that's kind of how, how I, I've always, you know, managed my career. Like I, I, I don't go out asking for a lot of, and I don't, don't think I go out ask for anything. And I always feel like if I just be about the work and work my butt off, someone will see it and someone will pull me up and say, Hey man, I saw what you were doing. Come, you know, you want to do this? And, and quite frankly, that's how a lot of, a lot of it has happened. <laughs> so, so anyway, so, so there's that. And, and, you know, wow. and, and, and when I worked for Rick Baker, you know, I worked there and, and I think my first few weeks, you know, uh, he kind of, you know, walked up behind me and was like, you know, I turned around and he goes, like, what are you doing for lunch? And I was like, uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. And he goes, you're going to lunch with me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is Rick Baker, man. He's like, I've only been here for, why is he asking me to look what? <laughs> I'm nervous and I'm sweating bullets and everybody's coming up and why is he going to lunch with you? I said, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I have no clue. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, man, and, you know, we, we went out to sushi and then he goes, you have been to sushi before? And I hadn't, I was like, I've only been living in California for a few years and they don't have sushi yet in Pittsburgh. Like I didn't even know what sushi was. Right. <laughs> and so he, he says, ah, you know, and I, I, you know, this is my favorite restaurant. I'll, I'll order. And I was like, all right. And so he ordered a bunch of stuff and the stuff comes out and, and, and there's, there's the wasabi. And again, never had sushi before. And he was, and I'm lying saying that I did. And, you know, and he and I'm just literally piggybacking off of what he's doing. So I see that he takes the chopsticks and sets them out. So I do that. And I see he takes the soy sauce and pours it in a little saucer. So I do it. And then he takes the wasabi and put mixes it in. And so I do. So, but when I clipped off the wasabi, I put almost the entire dollop of wasabi in there. And it's, and I'm mixing it in and it's like a paste. He goes, uh, 
you may want to kind of go easy on that. And I was like, ah, I do this all the time. I'm good. <laughs> and so, so I take my first piece of sushi, I dip it in it, I put it in my mouth. And the moment I do that, he asked me a question. And I can't remember what the question was. It's probably like, you know, what do you want to achieve or what kind of stuff are you into? And I go to answer in the freaking, I'm telling you, it felt like there was a blowtorch in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like spitting fire, man. It was like, I'm trying to answer this question and sweat beads are bubbling up on my forehead and coming down. And I'm trying to like get this thing out. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, I, I give I, I give him all the points in the world for not like calling me on it and saying, "Dude, your your face is on fire!" Like he just he let me he let me he let me kind of kind of you know fight my way through the pain, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and not embarrass myself. So 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 I'm like trying to like <laughs> you know I'm drinking water and trying to freaking put out this fire that's like you know going on inside of my body, you know. And, uh, uh, but anyway, so that was, that was, uh, you know, little things like that have happened over the years that I cherish, but, but yeah, you know, I can't, I can't complain. I've had a, I've had a pretty good run. Yeah. That's, that's better than any picture with either of them. <laughs> Both of those stories, you know? <laughs> listen, listen, the funny <laughs> thing about it is that up until recently, up until the, the Boba Fett, I'm not on, I'm not on social media. I'm not a fan of it. I, I haven't had an Instagram. I just started it like a few months ago. And because I like, I like, I'm more of about living in the moment. I'm more about the, the, those experiences with people, you know, like I'm not a guy that, that wants to text everybody. I'm not a guy that wants to just, Hey, that's like when I'm in a situation, I don't have my phone out. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to have fun and get that memory in my brain. Like, like, you know, so so that's just that's just what I cherish. I cherish about the experiences with people and being around people and and having those stories to tell. Like, oh, remember when? You know, <laughs> like like that's the stuff that that captivates people at parties when you're telling stories like that, as opposed to like, you know, hey, did you see what so and so ate on on? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> on Instagram, which is the thing. But now I know it's a necessity. I mean, now it's like I get asked so many questions about about you know, uh, uh, and then that segues into predators. And, and so now it's, it's more of like for the fans and a call for it. Cause I have little things that I drop on there every now and again, of, of you know, and I'm, I'm holding off on any percent and stuff until the season's over. Cause I just, I, I feel like the less I put on or the more fans want to see the more they'll go watch the show. So I'm trying not to, I put one little thing on there, but for the most part, I'm going to hold off on any other sort of, behind the scenes stuff until it's over and I'll start to drop little things here and there, but I just want people to watch the show and enjoy it, not spoil anything. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're one of us. Like we're, we're us as fans, we're hungry for anything. So. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. And, and that's the exact thing. It's like, it's like, I, you know, it's like, if it, I want to see stuff like when movies, I'm, I'm excited about movies. Right. And when I see them, I, 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 I want to see more, but at the same time, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I want to see, but don't post anything like, like, you know, like there's movies coming out that I really want to see. And I'm like, and I look at the trailer like 30 times to see if I see anything more out of that trailer that wasn't there before. But if someone was to post something, I'd probably be upset. I'd be like, I, I know that I wanted. Yeah, it's right. It's a psychological. I know I wanted to see it, but I don't want to see it. Right. So. <laughs> So knowing that 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 as a fan, like I'm like I'm not gonna show you guys. I know you want it. You keep asking oh, yeah. me for it, but after after the show's over, and uh, then I'll start kind of dropping little things and showing you guys stuff and 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 what it took to do. I'll start you know saying stuff and what I did to prepare for it and and all that stuff. But for now, it's like you know I want everybody's eyes to be on the episodes and crave to see them and go you know. And, uh, and be seeing it for the first time and, and, and see that excitement of when they see certain things. So, yeah, that was uh, that was great to see because I started following you on Instagram a couple weeks ago uh, and it wasn't, you know, chock full of all this BTS stuff. You know, it was promoting the show. And I thought that was just really cool to to do. Most people are just, you know, it's all behind the scenes photos while the shows are going on. It's, you're doing it properly like as a fan i I appreciate i am a fan like i'm a a star wars (laughs) nerd fan hyper whatever you want i'm in that category so i so it's like what would i want it's like i I mean yeah you know promote it and say what's coming up but i don't want i mean 
I, you know, I don't like if you show me some of it and then spoil it for me, then I'd be I'd be more upset. Like, ah, oh, man, that's cool. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm just trying to hold true to that. I mean, you know, we got a couple more episodes left, so so you know, it, it the no, I'll, I'll I'll drop little things later in the year. And, yeah. Uh, and it seem, seems like we're 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 getting to that point. You know, we got what uh, two episodes left, so we're we're two getting more, closer. Yep. Uh, I mean, you've been. I mean, you've been working under all these tremendous people, working with these tremendous people. I'm sure you've had just a plethora of advice given to you, but do you have anything that you would like to share with our listeners, whether they're, you know, maybe they want to go into acting or they want to get into special effects makeup. Do you have any piece of advice you could share with our listeners? Well, I mean, I I guess, I I don't know. I feel like if I give advice, it means that I, I in some way, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have gotten to where I am and I have a uh, for me I just I just the one thing I will say is for me is like I love to learn and love to listen to other people's experiences and I, I and I and a lot of times you run into people that feel like they know right you there's always those people where you say well and they're like oh I know well wait a minute. well I know and it's like I've never said that it's like you know for instance you know on, on the, when I'm on the set of the book of Boba Fett and and John Trevor wants to explain or or just just talk. It, I don't give a crap what it's about. Like I'm I, he, he, I'm just quiet. And I know from from A to Z, something that he says in there is going to be something I'm going to hold on to for the rest of my life. It's going to be something poignant that maybe he's just reciting some thought or some idea that he has. But for me, it's like oh my god, like wow, you know that that it's just something that I lock into. And Dave Filoni and Rob Rodriguez. Just, just literally watching Robert work, and I, I've told him this, like just watching him work and do his thing and set up shots and move throughout the day and get what he needs to get. It's like, and, and just, just watching him work and being and having the opportunity to be that close on set with him, and, and being being a fly on the wall. It's like, it's like that. That to mm-hmm. me is 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 is, you know the best motivation and, and learning that I can ever ask for. So I would say to people, if you do want to strive in anything, don't believe that you know everything, you know, learn and learn. Even when you think you know enough, learn more, you know, and, and, and be, and be, and recognize that it takes more than just you. Cause, cause if, when you're on set, there's so many people that are, that are, running around making making what ends up happening on screen you know on tv uh uh, happen you know and and just be respectful of that you know because because then you would be respected you know and and that's the one thing i try to do when i'm on set whether it is in front of the camera or behind the camera as a makeup artist i always try to be respectful to everybody you know thank you and, and 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 uh be respectful of what they have to achieve, you know, because a lot of people think that what they do is the most important thing, you know, you know, I'm bringing this apple to set. This apple is the most important apple, but wait a minute, that camera is pretty important because if the camera ain't working, then that apple ain't going to look right. Right. And if the lighting's not right, then that's not going to look right. And if the table that the apple sits on breaks, that's not going to look right. Or if the person that's touching up that there's, you know, so I always try to, you know, I always try to, explain everybody when it comes to you know you know movie production it's it, it is a team it's a, it's a giant team there's a lot of moving parts and as an individual i feel like you're better off understanding what all those people do you know and i'm not saying you got to be as as proficient as they are but at least understand it yeah. you know so 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 i think then you will be a bit more tolerant when you're on set and you're dealing with things right because you know, uh, if, if you have a makeup and it's on set and you're ready to go, but they still have to do their thing and you're impatient because, okay, let's get this done. It's like, wait a minute. But you know, it takes a minute to get that done too. It takes a minute to get that done. Everybody has their, their job that they have to achieve. So, so that would be my, you know, if I had to say something, that would be my, and I've, I think I've said it many times before, just, just always be a, be a, be a student of your craft. Always, you know, understand what those around you do as well. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and that's it. And, and, and set goals, just set goals for yourself. Oh, yeah. I write lists all the time every year and daily and 
monthly and yearly goals, you know, and don't be sad if you don't achieve them. Eventually you will. But if, if you chip one away out of 10, that's still that's still an achievement. Still progress, right? Still progress. <laughs> Well, shoot, man. What? Uh, last thing I'll I'll ask you before we get into our uh, our goodbye segment. Do you have anything you'd like us to promote for this episode? Of course, we have the book of Boba Fett. But is there anything else you'd like us to share? Whether it's something maybe you really care about, you have a passion for, maybe something. Uh, if you have an Etsy shop, you know we've been doing a lot of those recently. No, like I said, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I'm new to this whole social media online thing. I think you know. Uh, you know, if you if if people want to want to follow me on Instagram, eventually, like I said, when we get past the season, I'll start dropping things and and you know putting stuff up there of what I'm into and what I do and and uh, and you know uh, I think that's it. You know, I'm a simple dude. <laughs> You'll find that I'm very simple dude. Uh, and but but you know I can I, you know I I'm gonna I'm gonna you know start putting stuff up there so people can kind of get to know me more what I do in my life and certain things and kind of what I'm up to. Uh, but that's it, you know, and, and just, just keep watching the show. I think, I think, I think, you know, I think ultimately when the season's done, all the fans will be very satisfied. That's all oh, I'll man. say. Oh, you're the worst. Oh my God. I got to wait, what, three days till the next episode. <laughs> I was doing so good, Carrie. It's Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Well, um, before we say our final goodbyes, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning into this. Uh, if you'd like to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, we'd love that. And then uh, just send us an email to pwrp.pod at gmail.com, and we will send you a sticker. Uh, Carrie, you're also getting a thank you card and a sticker for being on the show. Uh, so I will, uh, I'll send you an email after we're done with this. And also, if you would like to be on the show, whether you're somebody who is in the industry you're just starting out and you want to chit chat, please also send us an email to pwrp.pod at gmail.com. And now we have my favorite part of the show, which is our awkward goodbye segment. So I do a silent Wayne's World countdown. And then when I point, uh, just give us your best verbal awkward goodbye. Uh, it could be nonverbal too. So people do that. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you, you ready for that? I'm down. Let's do it. All right, man. In. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>